Revival Explosion Ministries presents Faith Connection Church's podcast with Hermes Falco Jr. We always bring a message of faith and hope that will encourage your walk with God. Enjoy it. I'm speaking to you today about investing into eternity. And this is not an offering message. Amen. <laughs> this is not an offering message. But when you speak about investment, you usually think about investing money. And but I'm speaking about investing into eternity into every possible meaning of that. When, when you have finances available and have money that is more than the basic needs, people usually think about investing that into something that will generate more resources. Isn't that true? Right? Or you, you don't just leave money stay in the bank because it doesn't doesn't help you that much, amen? Um, usually people invest money because it will generate more money, right? And so um, you think about investment and you usually think, oh, this is a carnal thing, this is a, a secular thing, God is not really into investing, God is not really worried about these things. And um, <clears throat> But God used a language to speak to us about investing, especially when it comes to eternity. And um, if you see, most of Jesus' parables were about money. You know why? Because that's the language that man understands. <laughs> that's the language that were people worried about. And so in this life, people are very much worried about what they're going to have, what they're going to uh, wear, what they're going to eat, where they're going to live. Everything is not the true. And Jesus knew that very well. Even in, during his time, he knew that it was on men's heart. So you know what? I'm going to speak a language that they understand so that I can speak the truth of my kingdom to their reality so they can understand what I'm saying. That's why he used money. And so um, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God placed eternity in the hearts of men. What does that mean? That people out there, deep down inside, they know that there's, there's a life after death. Even if they're not Christian. How do, how do you know her? Talk to most people. If you talk to people outside, most of them fear death. Why? Because it's unknown to them and they don't know what to expect. So they have a fear of the unknown, a fear of eternity. But God himself said that he placed eternity in the hearts of men. And so let's open our Bibles in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. And it's quite a long passage, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause in some verses and explain. It's called the parable of the talents. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Are you there with me? Amen. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And... To one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, and to each according to its own, its own ability. And immediately he went out on a journey. Now, realize this, okay? The man is traveling to a far country, and he's delivering goods, delivering talents in this case, for his servants. And to one he gave five, to one he gave two, to another he gave one. 
And the Bible says, to each according to his own ability. In other words, what God gives us is different for every person. And I'm not talking about finances only. I'm talking about every aspect of life. You have something that I don't have, and I have something that you don't have. In every sense, every meaning that we can think of. Natural abilities, natural talents. Some people know how to draw and paint really well. I don't. I'm clueless about this. But I know how to write. And maybe you don't. And some people play instruments and they play music really. They have a, na a natural tendency, a natural ability. For example, I've tried to teach some people guitar and I realize, you know, there's, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, some people just can't, you know. You know why? There's no natural talent for that. Of course, you, you can force yourself and learn a little bit, but you're not, not going to be like, you know, a superstar or not going to be like a, 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 a have a major talent of an excellent guitar player you're not going to be that because you have no talent for that some people have no talent for singing you can try as much as you want to there's no natural ability there that, and who gives natural ability god gives natural ability and it is important to realize that the parable of the talents the bible says that that um the man, he gave his servants different talents. To one he gave five, to one he gave two, to one he gave one. So we have to realize that uh, there are some things that God gives us that he does not give other people. Or in, in something that he gives other people that will not have it like them. And that will bring relief to our hearts. Because we will understand our mission on the earth. It will not be craving and coveting other people's gifts and life. The problem in the world today is that there's a lot of comparison. And, and humankind is very much into comparison. We love that, don't we? As a human race, the best player, the best guitar player, the best actress the best uh whatever the best isn't the best that what is the way to compare right but the problem is when we begin to compare then we begin to um not focus on what god has given us we think oh i know so and so has this and so and so has that and what do i have and so you're focusing what they have and not what we, you are giving and now let me continue this so you can understand then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and, make, and made another five talents. In, in other words, this one was smart. He said, you know what? I'm going to get what I have and I'm going I'm to invest into this so I can multiply what God has given me. I can uh, take advantage of everything I was given and I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to be, um, how can I say Stingy, I'm going to multiply which I have. In other words, I'm going to invest that. And then the Bible says, he got another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, gained two more also. See, this one who got two, he invested two. And he multiplied two more. He got double, he got four. But the one who got five got ten. So you got to realize even what you have, even when you multiply, it's going to be different. 
You know, people say, oh, we're all the same. There, there's a truth for that in the meaning that God, God loves us, but we're not all the same. We're not, we do not all have the same mission on the earth. There are different gifts, different abilities, and different things that God has commissioned you that has not commissioned me. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get there in the message, uh, you will be charged uh, and be accountable for the things God has given you, not what He's given me. And you cannot be looking at other people and say, you know what, but he's not doing this or she's not doing that, therefore I'm not going to do that. No. You have your talents. You have the five talents or the two talents or whatever. And God's expecting something from that. He was not expecting the same multiplication for the one who had five to the one who had two. The Bible says, to each his own ability. Let's keep going. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also, verse 18. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, realize this all language that God is speaking. Who is the man that's traveled afar? It's the Lord himself. And he's speaking a language of investment that's because that's what people knew. And that's what people could relate to. One had five, one had two, one had one. They didn't have the same talents. They all had different amounts. One had five multiplied, got five more. One had two invested, got two more. And they only had one, what did he do? You know, I got nothing, man. I got, I got so little. I'm going to just hit this because, you know, it's better to just hide it than to lose it. In other words, he was afraid of risking and if you're afraid of risking things, you're not going to go anywhere in life. Because if you want to do something for the Lord, if you want to do something meaningful in life, there's always risks involved. Come on, somebody. Isn't that true? If you're going to do something meaningful in life, there's always going to be a risk involved. But, you know, I've heard somebody say, faith is spelled risk. All right. <laughs> You know why? Because for faith, sometimes you're going to step in faith. There's risks involved, but you step in faith because you believe in the Word of God and you believe that God's going to back you up. Amen? So, um, the one who was afraid, he was afraid of risk. What did he do? He hid the talent. And the Bible says that the man, the Lord of those servants, came and settled accounts with them. What does that mean? That one day, the Lord Himself will settle accounts with you and me. We're all going to settle accounts with what we did with our lives. What did we do with our time, with our money, with our family, with your marriage, with your uh, children? What did you do with what you're entrusted with? Amen. The Lord came to settle accounts. In other words, there, there will be a time where God Himself will settle accounts with us. And on that day, I'm telling you, your full reliance must be on Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> it's not about anything you've done, but because you trusted in Him and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to lead your life. If you're led by the Holy Spirit and you listen to Him on that day, you shall not be afraid. Because you, the Lord says, what did you do? I did what you told me to do. I obeyed you. 
You told me to open a church. I did. You told me to preach the gospel. I did. You told me to do this. I did. So what are you going to do? If you are led by the Spirit now, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because you're doing what He told you to do. Therefore, you're obeying Him. You're investing His talents. But there will be a day that where everybody will settle accounts with the Lord. So, uh, verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I want you to realize this. The response the Lord had to the one who had five and the one who had two was the same. Oh, but the one who had five, he gained five more, he had ten. The one who had two, gained two, and he had four. Why was it the same? It was, not, it, was not, it was not the same amount of talents, but the response was the same. You know why? Because of something called faithfulness to what they were giving. They did according to what they had. I believe that uh, rewards in eternity will not be based only on the amount of things you've done, but the faithfulness that you had with what you were given. I'm going to say that again. I believe that rewards in heaven will not be based only on the amount of things you've done, but the faithfulness you had with what you were given. Do you understand that? The one had gotten 10 talents what did the Lord say to him enter the joy of your Lord you've been faithful that's what he said and because you have been faithful over a few things I'm going to make a ruler over many things now the, came, the one who came with two what did he say Lord I got two more how, how much is it four what, the, what, what was the response same thing Different values, but the same response. What was the response based on? Faithfulness with what you were given. So when, you, when we speak about investing into eternity, I'm talking about faithfulness to God first and foremost. Into everything He called you to do. If He called you to teach kids, be faithful with that. Even if He gave you one child, two, three, be faithful with that, and the Lord is going to make you ruler over many things because He's not looking only in the amount of work you're putting into. He's looking at the faithfulness you have with what He gave you to do. The Lord's not looking for ability. He's looking for faithfulness. I'd rather have a bunch of faithful people than a bunch of people with talent who are not faithful at all. Seriously. I've seen people who play very well, but they're not faithful. What is that talent for if it's not being used? Amen. Oh, but so and so, you know, he plays really well. So what? If the person's not faithful, I don't want it. Amen. Because you cannot use the talent what the person has. So God is not just looking for the talent which you have. He's looking at your faithfulness. How faithful you are. 
Uh, when it comes to giving, for example, and again, I'm, I'm saying this is not an offering message at all, but I'm just saying, speaking in general. When it comes to giving, he's not only looking at the amount of money that you're giving, he's looking at the faithfulness and the stewardship you have with what you have. Let me give you an example from, from Christ himself. Um, remember the, the very famous passage where um, the Pharisees were bringing offerings and the disciples were looking into, into all the offerings that were being brought. And you're like, wow, it's a lot. Remember, back then there was no donation by check or debit card or anything like that. <laughs> this is a very recent thing. So uh, it was mostly by coins, so which you could hear if you got you know, something of metal here and you throw some coins, there's going to be some noise. And if you bring a lot of coins, you're going to hear a lot of noise. So um, they were hearing all this noise and they were like seeing all these people that came and brought large sums of coins and amounts of, of money. And they're like really impressed by that. And Jesus said, come here, I'm going to show you something. You know who gave, who gave the most out of all these people? They thought, you know, that Pharisee, he looks really good. He's dressing really well. He poured out a lot of coins. He, he's the one. And I'm just paraphrasing now. Jesus said, no. Don't think it was that one or that one. It was right that lady right there. He, she gave the most out of everybody. That proves that Jesus was not looking at the amount or the talent which people have. He was looking at the faithfulness because he said, Oh, everybody gave out of their leftovers. They gave because they had so much. You know what? For, 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 for a millionaire, what is, what is $1,000 or $100 or $500? It's nothing. It's like you give a dollar. Or even, even less than it's like you give 50 cents. It doesn't even, you know, move them at all. It's like 100 bucks is like a, a dollar for you or, or, or 50 cents. But that lady, the Bible says, Jesus said that she gave out of the substance which she had, out of everything she had. And the interesting thing is this. He didn't tell Peter, go there and ask and, and take the offering back because, you know, she's got nothing else. He didn't say that. But he was proving a principle that God is not looking at the ability. God is not looking at the amount. He is looking at the faithfulness of people. How faithful are you to God first and foremost? Even when it comes to a church setting, I always tell people, don't do things because you're doing... Number one thing as a pastor that, that, I, that uh, I think is, when people do something in the church, they're not doing me a favor. Amen? It's like uh, people who have come and they've done things like they're doing a favor to me, they have the wrong mindset. You're not doing me a favor. You're, you're doing something for God first and foremost. You've got to have that mindset. Whatever you do in the house of God, whatever you do for God outside, remember, you're doing unto the Lord. Not doing unto people. If you have that mindset, you're going to be, I'm telling you, better off spiritually. Because you're going to think, you know, God is my provider. God is my provider. It's not man. So many times I've been to different churches, different settings where, you know, uh, speaking in different places where people didn't, didn't bless me so much in one place, but then all of a sudden I just get so blessed in a, uh, in a different way that I was not even expecting. You know why? God is my provider. It's not people. It's not pastors, not churches. They can be used, 
But it's, they're not my provider. God is my provider. He provides my very needs. And so it's, it is for you. So get this principle when it comes to investing in eternity. God's not looking only at the amount of things you're doing or, or the money or the time or everything. He's looking at the faithfulness of His people. That's why the answer was the same. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you the ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And that is what we're looking for in the future. That's what you want to hear when you meet the Lord. Isn't that true? Yes. I don't hear like, get away from me. You're like unfaithful. You, you didn't do anything I told you to do. No, I want to hear enter into the joy of your Lord. Good and faithful servant. Remember this, faithful servant. Faithfulness is more important than talent. Faithfulness is more important than talent. I'd rather have, I'm using the worship team again as an example, I'd rather have a person who doesn't sing so well, but is faithful, does everything with the excellence and with everything the best that you can do. I've learned this. Do everything with the best with what you have, but do the best that you can. Don't, don't uh, be um, complacent. Don't do just, oh, it is for God. Let's do just any way we can. It's for God. No, it is for God. Then do the best that you can. Amen. I've heard so much of that in church. Well, it is for God. So we don't really need, need to worry about it. It is for God. No, if it is for God, then I really want to do the best that I can with what I have. I want to have, I want to have the, the, best, uh, 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 the best environment with what we have. I want to have the best uh, equipment that we can have. I want to have the best broadcast or the best everything that we can have with what we have. Because it is for God. You got to quit that mindset. Oh, it is for God. So we just do whatever way. No. If you did something for the, the government of America, you'd not do that. Oh, it is just for the government. Just, let's do whatever way. No, you'd be really excellent because it is for the government. But hey, we're not really uh, serving the government. We're really serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Who's more important than any government. So we should do the best thing that we have with what we have. And that's what the parable teaches us. The one who had two said, you know what? I cannot get ten talents out of this two, but I can get four. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm going to invest two to get two, two more and get four. I cannot get ten, but I'll get two. I'm going to use what I have to get more. And that's, that, that's the mindset we've we got to have as a church and as people. Now, let's say the response, what Jesus said to the one who had one. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Wow. That doesn't sound like communism, amen? Praise the Lord. I've heard people say that, oh, Jesus was a communist. He was, a, he, he, he was not. Surely not. Amen. He's like, take from one that doesn't have any and give it to the one who has ten. Amen. 
<laughs> it was not, amen. It was not like, let, let's split everything. You know, that one has only one. Let's split everything the same. It doesn't work that way with God, amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. But anyway, therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that's a terrible illustration, but truthful. Jesus is saying, if you're lazy, complacent, if you're uh, uh, having an you know what his problem was? Fear. What did he say? Why didn't you invest it? I was afraid. That's what he said. I was afraid. Therefore, I didn't use what, I, what you gave me. I hid it because I didn't want to lose it. So let, let, let me give you the, this uh, thought so you can th think about. <coughs> when you don't invest what God has given you, and you are afraid, instead of producing something for the kingdom, you're going to lose. Why lose? Jesus said, what did Jesus say? Take from him and give to the one who has ten. Amen? Take from him and give to the one who has ten. Why? Because he was afraid. He was uh, afraid of investing what he had. Amen? When you don't invest what God has given you, you're going to have risks for eternity. Amen? You're going you're gonna, to... Uh, let, let, me, let me give an example. When you act like this man and say, you know what? I'm not going to use my talents, my natural talents, because I don't want people thinking uh, bad of me. I, I'm afraid of what people are going to think. Um, that's an example of this man here. Why? Some people, they don't use their spiritual gifts or they don't use their uh, natural talents because they're afraid that so-and-so is not going to like what they have to say or their input or whatever. And God is going to tell them, you know what? I'm not going to give to you based on what people say, but I'm going to give it to you because it's between me and you. Why do I say that? Because in the kingdom of God, things work not by vote. They work by the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. We live in a democratic society, which, um, which uh, it, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's the best system for the natural world so far until Jesus comes back. Amen. And he does away with it because he will. Amen. That's for another message. But it's the truth. Jesus is going to come back. And when he comes back, he's not going to be voted the King of Kings. He's already, he already is. Amen. So, and it's not going to be like, oh, I don't like Jesus ruling. No, you're going to have it accepted. Amen. <laughs> so, it's not going to be like, oh, let's vote for Jesus. That's not going to happen. He's going to come back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it's the truth. And it's in the Word of God. So, so in the kingdom of God, things don't work as the kingdom of man, of the kingdoms of this world. In the kingdom of this world, we vote for president. We vote for this. We vote for that. It is the voice of the people. Uh, you know, I cast my vote on that one because I like what he has to say or I like this um, agenda or this ideal, right? But in the kingdom of God, things don't work by dem democracy. They work 
by the Lordship of Christ. So uh, you have to think that God chose you to do something. God spoke to you about something. So it is, doesn't matter who likes it or not. Uh, you got the anointing for it. You got the favor for it. You got the mandate for it. And you should act upon it regardless of what people think. Come on. Amen. So when you're so consumed with what people are thinking, you're never going to produce for the kingdom. Because uh, you're going to be thinking, oh, what's, what if so-and-so doesn't agree with that? Or what if so doesn't like that? It doesn't matter. You're not here to be liked. You're here to be obedient to God. I'm going to say that again. You're not here on this earth to be liked. Though it's good to be liked. How many like to have friends? How many like to people like you? That's, that's better than not liking you. Amen? But... You're not here for that. You're here to obey God. And sometimes, you know, when you obey God, you displease people. But I'd rather be faithful to God. Amen? I'd rather... If you, if you are faithful to God, the whole world can be against you, but you, God is with you. But if, if, you, if you try to win the favor of man, I'd, I'd rather have God with me than the whole, whole world for me and God against me. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I, I'd rather have God for me and everybody else against me than have, than have everybody with me and God against me. Amen? So why am I saying that? Because you got to realize what are the talents that God has given you. In every possible way, what is the time that God has given you that you're investing? There's something that you and I can lose that will never come back. You know what it is? Time. This day, August 11, 2019, is not going to come back. Say, but I'll come back to the church next Sunday. Yes, but it's not going to be August 11th. And even the crowd is not going to be the same. There will be people that are going to be here that are not here today. And there will be people who are here, maybe who will not be here next Sunday. But I believe you will. Amen. But I'm just saying, um, the time that we are here right now, it is not going to come back. August 11th, 2019, it will never happen again. So think about this. This Sunday, when we go out of here and do whatever we do, tomorrow, Monday, August 12th, is a day that will never happen again. And time is something that you can, you can regret about the past. You can say, I could have done different, but you cannot change it. So before you do something, think about it twice. Amen. Because whatever you do, you, God can redeem, God can um, forgive, God can have mercy, compassion, but the time will never come back. So time is, um, when we understand the importance of time, we got to learn how to use our time more effectively. Amen? And wisely. Why? Because it is something that God has given to all of us. All of us have 24 hours. You don't have 25 you don't have 23. You got all of us. It's something that God has given us the same amount of time. All, all of us have 24 hours. What are we doing in, with our time that will affect eternity? With our finances, what are we doing? Oh, but Hermes, I don't have much. But it's not about you having much. It's about what you're doing with what you have. Remember this principle. It's not about some people have this excuse. Oh, I, don't, I don't have much. That's why I don't, I don't serve God. Because I don't have much. No, it's not an excuse. What are you doing with what you have will determine what you will have. 
Amen. Some people start really small with, with some things, but then God sees the faithfulness and says, no, because you have been faithful with these little things, these few things, I'm going to promote you to more. I'm going to promote you to more. Amen. I remember back in Orlando, Florida, I served a ministry for about four years, four and a half. And I, and I played guitar. I played the bass. Uh, I didn't sing back then, but I, I, um, I served the worship team. Uh, I went into the office sometimes and did volunteer work, um, called people, did a bu bunch of things like uh, volunteer and uh, my time and everything. And I, and I remember doing that not because, you know what, I'm doing a favor to the pastor. Amen. Uh, doing everything that you do, you do unto the Lord. You know, I've, I've been in church my whole life, so I've cleaned bathrooms, I've been to... Um, retreats and all the stuff doing things that were not considered considered like spiritual but God saw everything God sees everything that you do especially when you do it with love and I remember my pastor at the time said you know what you're doing these little things right now but God's gonna open up so many doors for you that's what he said in the future you don't realize when you're faithful with this few things with this uh, sometimes it's not meaningful to you you're like, I'm doing that. What is that important? God wants to see faithfulness in you. Some people, they only, only, you know, they only think about, you know, um, about ministry as a, pulp, uh, a microphone and, and, and pulpit. That's a part of ministry. It's not whole ministry. A lot of ministry happens outside. A lot of ministry happens when you're talking to somebody that is in need, that doesn't know Jesus, and you're ministering to them. That's ministry as well. Amen? Um, and even, even what we're doing right now, or, or, or for example, uh, the message that I preach on, on discouragement, overcoming discouragement, about two weeks ago, we had over 150 downloads from 14 different nations, um, reaching so many people. But there's, there's work that is done outside of what is here now. There's stuff that we do that we don't even see the results right now, but we'll know in eternity. So many testimonies I have received from people that were not even in the services, but they heard online. They saw the videos. They saw this, and they were touched. They were healed. They were delivered. They were encouraged. And then they wrote back to me, and they told me the testimony. But if they had never written to me, I would never know. And I believe some didn't tell me. Amen? I believe that. So whatever you're doing with your time, whatever you're doing with your money, whatever you're doing with your children, whatever you're doing with your family, think about what am I doing with my life that will impact eternity. Don't only think about, don't think about only the stuff of this life. The Apostle Paul said this, if we think about Christ Regarding only to the things of this life were the most miserable of men. So he said, in other words, if you and I... Thanks for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with your friends. The Ministry of World Evangelism in the Nations and Building of the Local Church is made possible by generous contributions of friends and partners. We highly encourage you to give a love offering or partner with us monthly at www.revivalexplosion.com. Please send us your prayer request to office at revivalexplosion.com. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. God bless you.